0: Tonight, we're actually going to be uh, discussing uh, Psalm 140, but I, I just want to give a little bit of an explanation as to what, what we're doing here. Uh, within the last three weeks, we've been uh, using uh, Second Chronicles 7.14 as a backdrop uh, because uh, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then... I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. And within that that context, the Lord made three, four conditions and three promises. So the first uh, week, we got to talk about humility, a humbleness, as it refers to that in in Psalm 138. And uh, for for the uh, the prayer part, we went to uh, Matthew 26 for verses 36 through 46. And and it wasn't Jesus wasn't telling them. They were saying, the apostles say, teach us to pray. And once you learn to pray, then the, the, the process will become, ideally, spiritually, become easily, easier, I should say. And he doesn't say, you know, turn to the east and pray five times a day. You know, he talks about the secret clause and other things, but teach us to pray. And we talked about. Uh, some of the, the scriptures that give us models for the prayer. And then we use Second Chronicles 7, uh, 714 as one of those models. And then the, the next week, we talked about uh, seek his face. And we used uh, Psalm 139 to to bring out some of the things that, that we can do, uh, we need to do to seek his face. So tonight, Lord willing, we're going to talk about what it means to turn from your wicked ways. We're not going to necessarily get into the the, the promises, but just the, condi- the four conditions, and the last condition is to, to turn from your wicked ways. So, th- my desire, my heart's desire, and that's what the Lord has put on my heart, is that's where we want to go tonight. So, Psalm 140, and I say verses 1 to 13, but we're going to go beyond that if the Lord allows. So, th- we're going to start there. So, uh, I will lift my eyes to the hills from where comes my help. My help comes from the Lord maker of heaven and earth and lord i'm just so thankful i'm just overjoyed with what you've done already father that sweet sweet worship and uh just the the i get the chance to fellowship with my sisters and brothers in christ those who are here in body and those are within the sound of my voice so uh, my heart goes out father i'm it's full of joy and i just want to share it so i thank you for what you've done i pray as always that your word will be rightly divided and that uh, those uh, hearts, eyes, and ears will be open to receive what you have for them, and that likewise mine would be open to receive what you have for me. May you receive the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, uh, Psalm 140, verse 1. Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plan evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purposed to make my steps stumble. The proud have hidden a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. I said to the Lord, you are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord. The strength of my salvation. You have cut, covered my head in the day of battle. Do not grant, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further his wicked scheme, lest they be exalted. As for the head of those who surround me, let the evil of their lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, and they rise not up again. Let not a slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil haunt the violent men, man, and overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and justice for the poor. Surely the righteous have give thanks to your name. And, and the, 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 I've given this a topic of guided by God's providential spirit, and, and I'll expand on more than that as we get further down. guided by God's providential spirit. That's our GPS system. So we're gonna talk about that uh, in, in the days uh, where if we want to get somewhere, we had to have a sense of direction, so we needed a map. And then as technology came into play, now we started depending on the GPS system. So we trusted it. We plug in those, that, those numbers, or that, that location, and we trusted that it would be fine. And there was never any doubt until we were driving towards the lake, and then it got our attention. But the, the, the thing is, we can have that same confidence in, in God's uh, providential spirit or his guidance, knowing that he's not going to lead us into that lake. He's not going to lead us into that ditch. He's going to lead us in, the, in, in a righteous way, in a righteous path. So uh, in, in Psalm 56, 6, they say, gather together. They gather together. They hide. They mark my steps when they lie and wait for my life. And David was talking about this in one context, his physical life. But we're going to talk about it a little differently because they want our lives, but they want to dictate how we live. They want us to break down the family structure as we know it, they. And when I say they, the powers that be. And and, and we're going to talk about how so many things are happening around us and the desire of the world is that they be subtle, but they're not so subtle. So many things are going on around us now and and we 're looking at ourselves, how do we get here? We got here because we were passive in so many ways, and no we we don't have to be the ones on the line protesting or, or waving signs or screaming slogans, but prayer, 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 trusting in the Lord, and he knows what he 's doing at all times we don 't have to wonder he knows he knows this. He already told us in his word that these things were coming. So we shouldn't be surprised at what we're seeing. And we like to think that the the, the people that we've elected have our best interests at heart. And uh, some of you have realized that's not the case. So when we say turn, turn your life around, this is all part of it. This is what we need to do. We need to be more prayerful. We need to be, uh, it helps to be visible. But we've got to examine the motive of our heart. Are we going out just to support a cause because it's going to gain something for us? And it may not edify the Lord. That's what we've got to think. So when we're turning, that's the things that we need to turn away from and the things that we need to turn to. So when we say turn from our wicked ways, we need that guidance. We need that map. We need a sense of direction. And the most accurate sense of direction that we're going to get is right here in the Bible. There's nothing better. Uh, deliver me from violent men because they plan evil things in their heart. And they want our lives. They want to shape how we think. They want to th- shape what we eat, what we drink, where we go, where we don't go, uh, how we think. And if, if the powers of be had their, their they're, they're working on it now to get us away from this. You know, this, this God thing that you guys have been talking about, we want to eliminate that. We want to at least minimize it, and that's one of the aims. So, our turning away from these wicked men is part of standing up for what we believe in. We have to take a stand. And uh, whether we realize it or not, they're just a small percentage of people, groups that are trying to dictate how we live. Just a small percentage of the population that says, you know, we're going to tear down the family structure as we've known it for the last, you know, so many thousands of years. We're going we're to destroy that because we think we know something that's better. We're going to defund the police and uh, because uh, it's, it's costing us money. It's creating violence. And we've already seen uh, what happens when we take the police out of the mix and allow mankind to police themselves. We've already seen that by what went on in Seattle. But enough about the political stuff. Verse 3, they sharpen their tongues like a serpent, the poison of is under their lips. In Psalm uh, 58, 4, it says, their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops its ear. Romans three thirteen: their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of aspers under their tongue. And, as, and asper, not just necessarily a venomous snake, it was very, very, very cunning. So it knew how to take advantage of the situation that it was in, knew how to get into places that it shouldn't have been. In addition to that venom, it had smarts. So those are the men, some of the men and women that we have to contend with. They're very smart, but they're also venomous. We have to be concerned about that. We should be concerned about that. And they don't necessarily have the same agenda that we do. So we need to understand that. We need to listen. We need to learn. We need to be uh, as wise as serpents but as gentle as doves. We need that in our lives right now. And as we turn away, we need to maintain that. But James 3, 8 says, no, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. And we know that. We've seen it, we, and for those people among us who watch the news and see all the things that are going on, we know this is true. So we have to be careful that we don't get lulled into false sense of reality. Well, I think this, this, these people, this group has my best interests at heart. You might want to do some research. You might want to see what they really stand for. And I know we had a great message from the pulpit, well, several in the last few weeks concerning that. And I just pray that eyes, ears, and hearts were open to what was being said, what the Lord was saying to us, because there's so many of us, I won't say sitting here tonight, but maybe in the sound of my voice, that are ill-informed about what's really going on. They're accepting these slogans or these, these groups as fa- at face value. That's a big mistake. You need to understand what what's the underlying meaning is. And one of the pastors brought that out very clearly a week or two ago. It's not what we think it is. We need to do our work. Uh, just like we're Bereans with the word of God, we need to be Bereans with the stuff that's going on around us. Study to show yourself approved. And that's where we want to be. Verse 4, keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purpose to make my steps stumble. They want your lives. Psalm 71, 4, deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hands of the unrighteous and cruel man. And he keeps saying wicked, unrighteous, cruel. and And there's a reason for that because we are surrounded by that. Don't allow yourself to think that, these people that are elected really care for your cause or your agenda especially from a spiritual standpoint and we're going to find ourselves saying wow what happened you know all of a sudden someone made a decree that we can't attend worship like our service like this anymore how do we get there subtly subtle some of the things that are that we're being commanded to do right now lead itself directly to that and, and especially if they found they find out that they can lead by fear they're taking full advantage of it we need to be aware of that we need to stay in the word of god this is our guide this is our gps this is where we need to be so we'll know what's going on and to know when we need to turn away and we say well i'm doing everything i can do are you Uh, Do you think that you're praying enough? And we're not going to be critical that we can't judge, but prayer is crucial. You can never overdo it. Verse 5, the proud have hidden a stair for me, and cords, they have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps for me. And that's what this world is doing for us, is setting traps, even now, setting traps. But I, I want each and every one of us to understand that even today, stones are being rolled away. Just like they were with Jesus, stones are being rolled away, and that's what you want to pray that the stones are rolled away, so you can come out of this, these these caves and come out into the light and understand and see and react to what's going on. We would rather be reactive than proactive. Oh, I'm sorry, we'd rather be proactive than reactive in situations like this. So understand what's going on around you. Understand what's being said, and uh, just remember that, you know, when when you hear these words. These smooth words that every brother's not a brother and every sister's not a sister. Be aware of that. Be aware of that. How do you know that this person has your interest at heart? I see him at church every Sunday. Okay, which means what? And we, we don't want to judge, but look for the fruit in this person's life. If they're just giving lip service, be be careful of that, be wary. Uh, In Psalm 35, it says, for without cause, they have hidden their net for me in a pit, which they have dug without cause for my life. They don't care. They don't care about you. I care about my people. Nonsense. Nonsense. And there are some who do, but I would say most that don't. Be careful who you rely on, who you trust, who you have confidence in. There's so many that have been led astray because they trusted Man. And the Bible tells us, uh, not a real good idea. And even if we just want to just go just to Jeremiah alone, heart of man is deceitfully wicked. And I don't think anybody here can argue with that. We've seen evidence, and there's a lot of that going around, and it seems to be ramping up every single day. Jeremiah 18.22, let a cry be heard from their houses, When you bring a troop suddenly upon them, for they have dug a pit to take me, and hidden snares for my feet. Snares, lures, nets, traps. It's all synonymous. That's what they're doing. That's what they're trying to do. But we have a God who can see through all of that. We have a God who knows the, the end from the beginning. So he'll protect you. He wants us to be in communication with him at all times. That's where the prayer comes in. If my people who will call by my name will humble themselves and pray, pray, pray. Uh, well, at what point is that enough? Pray without ceasing. Let's start with that and just go from there. Pray without ceasing. Verse 6, I said to the Lord, you are my God. Hear the voice of my supplication, O Lord. And verse 7, O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. You have covered my head. I just uh, want to encourage you just to think in terms of helmet of salvation. We need that salvation. We need that that protection. And and without it, it's a losing battle. You know, the enemy may be one-on-one, but we're still outnumbered. So we have to be conscious of that. Do not allow anyone or anything to come before the, the God that we believe in. No one uh Ephesians 6:17 and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. We need that protection for our help for our head. We need that 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 sword, that offensive and defensive mechanism. We need that. And that's the, you know, it's not about our, our intelligence, it's about who we trust in. Put your trust in the Lord. And then he's going to let you know which direction is right when you come to that fork in the road, should I, shouldn't I, he'll let you know this is the way you should go. If you're listening to him, and it's important that we do because there are other voices that come into our hearts besides the Lord. And, you know, just being honest, you know, I'm guilty. And I I think this is what the Lord wants me to do. If there's some confusion, then it's not the Lord. You need to know that you know that you know. Do not grant, verse 8, do not grant, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further his wicked scheme, lest they be exalted. But uh, the account of Deuteronomy 32, 7 says, had I not feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should misunderstand, lest they should say, our hand is high and is not the Lord who has done all this. There's only one high and lofty one, one. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if we look at anyone else, anything else as being that, we are deceived. Let's focus on him and him alone. As, nine, as for the head of those who surround me, let the evil of their lips uh, cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, and they rise not up again. Uh, in, in Psalm 116, uh, it says, Upon the wicked he will rain coals, fire, and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. Destruction. This destruction he's going to he's going to rain down these things that are uncomfortable for them because of their sin and it, it encourages us in verse 11 not a let, let, it, let not a slanderer be established in the earth let him let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow them and the battle is not ours the battle is the lord's and, and we need to always be mindful of that that he's got it covered there's nothing that he doesn't know He's not surprised by anything at any time from anyone. He has it. So he is that guide. He is that path that we should follow. And he will make your path straight. No matter what you're going through tonight, what you went through yesterday, or what you'll be going through tomorrow, he has knowledge of it. And I said last last time that if he's concerned about numbering the hairs in your head, what else? I mean, come on. That's about as finite as we can get. So if he does that, he, he's got your back. Verse 12, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and justice for the poor. In First King, it says, then hear in heaven their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. Psalm 9, 4, for you have maintained my right and my cause. You sit on the throne judging in righteousness. Judging in righteousness, and that's what he's doing. He's judging in righteousness. And he's a sovereign God. And because he loves us so much, there are times when we're going to wonder, wow, I'm not so sure I'm in his graces right now because of what he's doing, but only because he loves you. He, 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 He grants you good things, our definition of good, because he loves you. But just because he's sovereign, he has to grant you things that we consider bad because he loves us. That's just that's, that's the way it is. So we're the ones that determine what's good and what's bad. You know, I like it when I'm on the mountain and he's there with me, but I don't like it when I'm in the valley and I get the, the feeling that he's afar off. That's our perception. But remember, I say this every time, he will never leave you nor forsake you. It's been proven by everybody in this room and everybody in the sound of my voice. Every, all of you can say amen because you know that's true. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I, I like that about him. Verse 13 Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name, the upright shall dwell in your presence. And and this is the, the last time we talked, we talked about seeking his face. And these are the verses that, that I like to encourage you with concerning seeking his face. Psalm 141 8. But my eyes are open open up, my eyes are upon you, O God the Lord in you I take refuge. Do not leave my soul destitute. He will not. He's promised that he will not leave your soul destitute. He cannot lie. He can't. Can't lie. So I I can rest assured that he will not leave my soul destitute. Psalm 141.3 says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Lord knows we need that. Keep watch over my mouth and keep guard over my lips. Uh, we can go to so many verses that talk about the downside of that. But this is all part of the turning where we need to turn. Lord, I know that that my heart is not right. I know that that I, 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 I spit, I, I, I stuff comes from my mouth that shouldn't. I know that. But I want to turn from that. I want to turn. I want to. I want to be a better person. I want you to keep an I'll guard over my mouth. Keep and watch the door of my lips. Psalm 143:1 one says, "Hear my prayer, O Lord; give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness." He is faithful. He is faithful beyond measure. He who he, he walks uprightly at all times. There's never a time when you have to question whether he's in the right spirit. He is the spirit. He is the right spirit. And so he's always with us. He's always working in us to do his will. And that's where we want to be. The the problem that we have is being obedient to that. That's a challenge for us. Everybody that I know, it's a challenge because no matter how godly we are, no matter how righteous we are, we have trouble with obedience. Do you trust him? Sometimes. That's a definite no. That's what you're saying. I trust him sometimes, then you're saying I don't trust him. Do you trust him? Yeah. Psalm uh, Psalm 143, 6 and 7, spread out my hands to you. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me. Seek his face, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. Seeking his face so that you don't, you're not concerned about this. He's guiding you. I'm seeking your face. I know you're going to guide me in the right direction. You're not going to allow me to walk into this trap, this snare, this pit, because you love me. And he knows that who these evil people are, and they're in our lives. Some by choice, some not so much, but they're in our lives. So we're seeking his face for everything. Uh, and turn from your wicked ways. We, we're going to use Psalm 143, 8. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning, for in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Cause me to walk, to, to, to go in the way I should walk. That is that GPS. That is that map. That is that direction that we need to hear from him. This is the way I want you to go. But Lord, wouldn't it be a lot easier to go this way? And, uh, you know, when we talk about turning... We got to think about Lot's wife. She turned. She turned. But unfortunately, uh, it doesn't fall under the umbrella of repentance. You know, She saw something that was good to the eye, you know, the pride of life was involved, and on and on and on. And, and sometimes we can be that way. Some, we are that way, most of us, or I dare to say all of us. What bag are you carrying now that you don't really need to carry? What Sodom and Gomorrah are you looking back on that you don't need to look back on? What things are you trying to carry through that narrow gate that won't quite fit, but you're determined you're going to get them through anyway? What are those things? That's what we need to search ourselves. That's why we need to turn from our wicked ways. What things are we carrying? What baggage now? You've got the narrow road and you've got the broad road. Well, you know, it would be a lot easier if I went the broad road. That way I can carry this stuff at my side. No, that's not what he wants from you. Are you listening? Are you listening to him? Are you turning away from your wicked ways? That's what he wants from us. And sometimes it's difficult, very difficult. And unfortunately, uh, it's just something that we're just prone to. We're prone to want to hold on to these things, this stuff that he tells us to let go of. And that's not what he wants from us. And, and uh, again, we must rely on God's providential spirit, a GPS, to guide us. In Genesis nineteen twenty six. but his, Lot's wife, looked back behind her and she became a pillar of salt. We are all familiar with that. We're all familiar with that. And we say, wow, that's pretty sad. That was too bad it had to happen. Was, Lot, was Lot's wife any different in that situation than we are today? What are we holding on to? What are we looking back at? You know, that old life, that old person that was part of our lives when we were having a lot of fun. Now we want to hold on to that. Just one more chance. Who's going to know? God's going to know. I may not know. You may not know. God knows. What are you holding on to now that you think nobody knows about? Are you holding on to a relationship that's detrimental to your very life? Are you trying to to remain part of a family that is total against the word of God? Are you trying to coexist? Are you trying to stay in a relationship where uh, there's physical abuse either to you or from you or both? Are you trying to maintain that relationship for the sake of the children or whatever the case may be? Where are you? Are you holding on to things that you know are, are not in your best interest? Inanimate objects that are out to destroy you, are you holding on to those? These are the things that we need to ask ourselves. Yes, Lord, I am holding on to that. Then you need to turn from your wicked ways. I've given you four conditions. Can you maintain that? Can you humble yourself? Can you pray? Can you seek my face? Can you turn from your wicked ways? Well, Lord, I can do some of that. It's all or nothing. All or nothing. You know, the thing about God, because he's sovereign, he can't allow us to go halfway. He can't allow us to just give a a partial. Peter, do you love me? Well, you know, you're all right. No, Peter, (laughs) wrong answer, bro. (laughs) You know, do you love me? Well, you know, it depends. Peter. Wrong answer, brother. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I guess. So that's that's us. We laugh at Peter. Oh, what a maroon, you know. But yet and still, we are Peter in so many ways. We are all of those characters that we laugh at. Oh, how can how can he be so whatever? So untrustworthy. How can he be? not obedient. How can he be? It's us. We're no different. But it just is amazing how we can see Peter and do the same thing that Peter does, but it's acceptable. Well, you're doing the same thing he did. Well, that's different. How is it different? It's not different. Sin is sin. Uh, in the account of Psalm uh, 143.10, it says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Teach me to do your will. That requires a turn from us. That requires repentance from us. And the, the thing about it is, the reason that we are not willing to repent is because we're counting the cost. That's the only reason. You're counting the cost. If I repent, if I gave my life to Christ, then I can't do this. I can't go out with the boys. I can't hang around my girlfriends because of their language and, and you know, use of illegal narcotics and so on and so forth. I can't hang around that. We're counting the cost. What I found out is, is I, I don't have this spiritual thing down yet. I, I can't apply for sainthood, you know, but... I realize that when you got a passion for the Lord, when you got a passion for his word, his will, and his way, you don't count the cost. Passion does not count the cost. It doesn't. Why are you doing that? Because I'm so loud. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. Don't you know what you're giving up? Actually, you know what? I never thought about it. I just love the Lord, so I let passion consume me. And so I'm not considering the cost. I considered the cost before. But I don't consider the cost now because I'm passionate about it. And that's what passion does for you. If you're passionate about the way of the Lord, then you are—you stop counting the cost. Because no other cost matters. No other cause matters. It doesn't matter. You're sold out. You're being blessed. You're you are experiencing true joy, not just happiness. You're experiencing uh, true fellowship, encouraging fellowship. You're surrounded by people who li- genuinely love you, and for the most part, it's unconditional. I won't say totally. That's we're not there yet. You know, we we, we can't. We can talk about agape, but to live it, eh, we got a ways to go. And that's no slight to anybody here, but it's just that from from experience, I I found out that. Almost everything that we do, everyone that we're, we're in contact with, there's usually conditions. But it's okay. It's okay because we're wrapped in bacon. You know, that's, that's, that's how it works right now. But there'll come a day when we get unwrapped. and It'll just be all spirit. And now we'll get a chance to understand what agape love really means. And we can say it. We can say it with our mouths, but do we really understand what that means? And do we, uh, talking to a gentleman this morning, and he said, I'm not sure if I even know what love is. How many of us know what love is? And I'm not asking for a show of hands. I don't want to know what you're thinking right now. But how many of us really, really, really know what love is? And if you really think about it, think about your reason for saying that it's love. Are there conditions attached? I love you as long as you're doing this, as long as you're giving. As long as you're serving, making me happy. But what happens when those conditions are not met? Is that love now? Maybe. Depends on you. Um, Psalm one forty four nine. I will sing a new song to you, O Lord. On the harp of ten strings I will sing praises to you. That's turning from your wicked ways. I'm singing a new song. I got a new song in my heart now. And that song is praising you. That song is honoring you. And that, that, that's about making the turn from those wicked ways that we've had in the past. We sang a song, but it was, you know, typically based around what he was doing for us. That was our motive. He's blessing me. So I honor him as long as he's blessing me. And then we get to the point where things are not rolling the way we would have them. And our mind changes. Our actions change. Turn from your wicked ways. And that song that they're singing is a song of victory, a song of deliverance, a song of salvation. And we can break out any one of those words to the true meaning of it from a spiritual standpoint. And that's pure joy, victory, deliverance, salvation, pure joy. And that's where we want to be. And that's where he wants us to be. Can we do it? Yes. Will we do it? Maybe, maybe not. We got a choice. He'll never take that away. We got a choice. I'm going to give you a choice whether you want to serve me or not. In Psalm 144, 15 says, Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy. Now, I like that word, but I like joy even more. I can surround myself with stuff and things and consider myself to be happy. You know, for some of you who don't know, I, I take my dining very seriously. So, so th- there's certain things that, that I like and I, I surround myself with those things. I've been known to eat a little ice cream once in a while, you know, or, or sort or a little pie, you know, you know. But I can surround myself with that and convince myself I'm happy because I got it. Here's my altar, man. And I got my stuff, you know. And I can do that. But it's fleeting. It's temporary. And it doesn't really last. But when he gives you that joy, 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 that's what I like. True joy. And and that's where the Lord is. And, you know, when when I was thinking about this tonight, I was thinking of uh, the songs that our sister was singing. And, uh, you know, my the Savior, grace is enough. I decide to follow Jesus. Days of Elijah is good, but that, you know, it was just those, those three just really hit it for me. And, and I was just, just sitting reflecting on, on the words that, that she was singing that the Lord was bringing out through her and what I really need to hear. And I'm finding out that I need to hear this more and more every single day because when, when I turn from my wicked ways I'm usually not very consistent, and I'm not, gonna, I'm not sitting here to put myself down, but I'm just being totally honest with you guys, being transparent as possible, that it's not consistent. You know, I'll, I'll turn, but I'll be like Lot's wife. You know, I really enjoyed that, so, you know, I just, one more look. What can that hurt? And Miss Lot wasn't probably thinking about that, but that's what happens. Now She didn't anticipate that she was gonna turn into a pillar of salt. But that's what we don't know. We don't know what the Lord has for us unless we're in communication with him. You don't know. And, and someone else can tell us that, you know, well, this is what I prayed and this is what he did. But it doesn't work like that, my friends. What he has for you is for you. And the, the things that he's sending you through, I pray that you would always see his hand in it. I don't care what it is. I don't care, you know, loss of a loved one. His hand is in it. Prodigal children, his hand is in it. A family that's in disarray, his hand is in it. A relationship that is going nowhere, his hand is in it. A family that's, that's at odds with one another, his hand is in it. Children that don't want to serve the Lord, his hand is in it. No matter what it is, friends. His hand is in it. So don't ever think that. I don't, I don't understand. I don't see how the Lord could be involved in prodigal children. I don't see how the Lord can be involved in families that are, that are trying to destroy each other. I don't see. It. His hand is in it. What we need to do is see that and then be able to turn from our, our way of thinking. I don't think God is in this. There's never a time when he's not. Never. And that may be a statement that some of you can debate with me, but I'm saying it. There's never a time when he's not in it. I don't care how tragic you think it is. And it says, God is our rock, our foundation. He's unshakable, trustworthy, and solid. He is. He's our foundation. Without that, and you know, we all have heard about, you know, building a house on sinking sand. And we're all smart enough to, to understand what that really means. So if your relationship is built on anything less than the word of God, if your relationship doesn't line up with what the word of God is saying, then you, want, you might want to do an about face. You might want to do a turn, turn from that and say, Lord, I know you have something better for me. And then two, if he's sending you through this, Ask him, what, what are you teaching me? And it may not be about you. The death of that loved one may not be about them, may not be about you. At this, at this gathering, this time of fellowship, I'm going to encourage someone else to get to know me as a Lord and Savior. We never know what he's doing. And, and I challenge you to don't even try and figure it out. Because his ways are not even close to our ways. His thoughts are not even close to our thoughts. He has a plan. And if he's asking you to turn from your wicked ways today, tonight, that means he wants you to do it tonight. Well, Lord, I got some unfinished business. You know, so I really need to, to, to do this you know, before I commit. Now you're counting the cost. Tragic. You're counting the cost now. To develop that zeal, that desire, that passion for him and all that goes away. It does. Let's not be in a position where our hearts are so that we're counting the cost. If I give my life to the Lord, that means I can't. If you give your life to the Lord, that means you can. All things are possible. All. I would mend that heart, that broken heart. I will fix that relationship. I will take away those things that drag you down. I will make I will make your house strong and in, in, in unity one more time. I will do that. I can do that. I'm God i will i will when over I will bring that neighbor to salvation that you've been praying with for eighteen months, and he or she has not received it. I will There's no limit, folks. There's nothing that he can't do. There's nothing that he won't do that's within his will. It's just a matter of us. Are you trusting him? Are you willing to turn? Are you willing to say, okay, enough of this. You know, I've been trying it my way, and it's not working. And now he's saying, turn from your wicked ways. You have an opportunity to do that. And you know that he's gonna make that path straight to get there. Stop counting the cost. But if I do if I commit to the Lord, I'm gonna lose out on this. No, you're not. That's that stinking thinking. Bad stuff. He wants to bring he, he wants to see revival. He wants to see revival in the land right now. And when we talk about our land, I I said to you guys, uh, you know, the the last uh, promise, I will heal your land. We all know, we all know right now, a land is hurting. A land is sick. A land has fallen. A land needs help. And as I prayed earlier, where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord maker of heaven and earth. And he will, again, is a promise. And we all know we've read it. Now let's believe it. If I made your promise, if I began a good work, then I will be faithful to complete it. Do you believe? Lord, I believe, but I just need a little help with my own belief. That's all. Just a little help. I I, just, I just got a little small amount of faith, and he's saying to you, "That's all. That's required. Small amount of faith. I've given you a measure that's right for you. So with that little faith that I gave you, we can do mighty things. We need his his help, and we also need a heart that's willing, raw material, ready, able, and willing. Are you ready?" Are you ready to give your heart to the Lord? And it's not saying that some of us here have not done that. It's, it's got to be in entirety. It's got to be a total. And we've used the word sellout from a negative standpoint. But tonight we're going to use that as a positive standpoint. Soul out. S-O-U-L out. And that's where we want to be. He wants to bless You. You. Me? Yeah, you. Yeah, you, you. He wants to bless you. He wants to do marvelous things in your life. And we talked about before about we say that we know he's amazing. But yet and still, we are amazed when he shows us his amazement. Wow, I can't believe he actually answered my prayer. And that's a question. Should we be amazed or shouldn't we? Can't answer that. You answer that for yourself. Should you be amazed so, are you amazed because you didn't think he was going to deliver? Are you amazing because you're amazed because he's more amazing than what you thought? That's all. All you. Why were you so amazed when he actually answered your prayer? Why were you so amazed when 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 that cousin, that brother, that sister got delivered, got saved? Were you amazed when he did a great thing in your brother? I mean, your brother was. Man, oh, man, you saw him coming, you got on the other side of the street. But now you want to get on the same side with him because this guy's going to encourage you. This person's going to encourage you. That sister, that when you saw her, you can be sure that the first thing that was coming out of her mouth would be negative. Uh, that, old, that hairstyle is out of date. I mean, where are you going with that? you still wearing those shoes? But now he's changed her heart. And now she's a, a Lady Barnabas. She's that encourager. He can do this. And I have proof. He can do this. He can take that, he can make something out of nothing. And he's done it, he's doing it. He's taking some wretched old drug addicts and, and making them into men of God. That's, that's amazing. Not to God, it isn't. He saw it right from the beginning. I'm going to let this person go through this this state of of whatever it is, you know, uh, dealing with these things. But I'm going to bring him out. I'm going to give him a new life. That's turning from my wicked ways. It can be done. I don't care who you are, where you are, when you are. He can do it. He has a plan. Are you willing to be submitted to his plan? Are you really willing to allow him to impute passion into your heart so you're not thinking about what you're losing as a result of honoring him, edifying him, following him, glorifying him? Are you ready? You have to be sure, sure and very sure. You've got to know that I'm willing to do this, In that way you stop counting the costs. Because when you continue to count the costs, you're never going to commit... You want to be everything to everybody, every time. And if you want to serve the Lord, you can't do that. It, it tells us to love our neighbor, but it doesn't say to sacrifice your relationship with him. Love your neighbor as yourself. But we've got to go back commandment number one, first commandment. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your gotta. We need to go back there and then really understand what he wants from us. Is he going to guide you in a way that you're going to be comfortable with? No. Not at all. Not at all, because that battle that we have right now with the flesh and the spirit is going to be heightened. Your flesh wants to go one way, and your spirit says, go another. Choose this day who you will serve. That's what we're going to be asked to do. Are you going to be as much as spiritually possible to make a good decision about that. And we say that, yeah, I, I can do that. But again, are you going to be sold out? Or Are you always going to question what you're missing? You know, we've heard, everybody in here has heard about how us Christians, you guys never have any fun. All you do is go to church and pray and what not. Far from it, folks. Everybody in here can, can attest that's not true. Everybody in this room, everybody who's listening to this right now can attest not true at all. I see you out there shaking your head, folks. It's not true. But he got, he's got a plan. He's got this plan. And it's good. It's a good plan. And what's going to happen, I can tell you this. When you allow him... To change your heart. When you allow him to make that heart transplant. When you allow him to take control of your life. The first question that's going to come to you is. Why didn't I do this a long time ago? I can ask that to everybody here that's sitting here right now. And it, the people out there who are listening. Why didn't I do this a long time ago? I subjected myself to this depravity. I selected, subjected myself to these things that I know did honor the Lord. But I did it. Why did I do it? Because that's what you knew. And now you know something better. You know someone better. You know a better way. He's got a better way for you. Are you ready? Um, last time I asked you guys, uh, does it say anywhere where it's going to be easy? And somebody gave me uh, some, uh, an answer. Well, it says that a uh, yoke is, uh, raises burdens light. That's not the answer. That's not it. Is it easy being a Christian? Should it be easy to be a Christian? The answer is no. No, because there are some things you're going to take for granted. It was easy, to a degree being what you were. And now this is something totally different. There are things that you're going to have to stay away from, and it's going to be challenging for you. Because deep inside, some of us are still man-pleasers. I want to fit in with my friends. My Job-like friends, I want to fit in. I want to do what they do. I want to go where they go. I want to drink what they drink, smoke what they smoke. Okay, now you're going to be asked to cease and desist. Are you willing? But I really, really like this guy because he's so cute. Stay away from this guy. But Lord, you don't understand. Yeah, okay, yeah, you got me there. No, it doesn't work like that, my friends. He has a plan for you and you and you. He has a plan. Much better than ours. Are you willing? Are you willing? That's really what it comes down to. Are you willing? He's given us a choice. Will you turn from your wicked ways? Do you want me to hear your prayer? Do you want me to forgive your sin? Do you want me to heal your land? And I think we all agree. The answer is yes, yes, and yes. Those are the conditions. Those are the promises. I'll meet my promises if you'll meet these conditions. Okay, all right. Let me think, Lord. What is difficult about being humble? I have to think about that one. What's difficult about praying? Nah, it's not always convenient. What's difficult about seeking his face? I got to make sacrifices. What's difficult, about, what's difficult about turning from his wicked ways? That means I'm going to lose my friends. Choose to stay who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, we just thank you for how you bless us well beyond measure, and we just pray for more of you, Father. We're thankful for the ones that are here tonight and, and those who are in, within the sound of my voice. So I pray, Father, that uh, your word was rightly divided, and if there's anything that was said that was discouraging to a sister or a brother, I pray that you would delete it from their minds right now. So again, we give praise and honor to you, our Lord and Savior, for all that you are in us, for us, and through us. And we're thankful for you being our God, and we're thankful for you allowing us to be your people. So uh, we're just so thankful for how you give us these opportunities to share your word, how you give us these opportunities to fellowship with one another, how you give us this opportunity to encourage and be encouraged by one another, Father. It's only you. So I pray now that, uh, that if there was one thing that was said to one person that was effective, Father, that they would allow you to receive the glory for that, Father. And then if, if it required a change in their lives, that they would be willing to make it and not continue to count the cost. I pray that you would give them that passion that takes away the desire to count the cost, just being who you want them to be. And I pray that, Father, for every single person everyone. No exceptions. And for those who are struggling with their relationship with you, Father, I pray that you would strengthen it. And I pray that you would just continue to use these old vessels that you're using, Father, to be that encouragement. I pray that our sisters and brothers can be Barnabuses to one another, that they can be encouraging. And I pray that we also understand uh, that in your world, Father, in the spiritual world, there is spiritual growth through separation. So I pray that we don't forget that sometimes you have to take someone away from our lives in order for us to grow. So if that's what you must do, Father, so be it. So we thank you for all that you are. We thank you for being our God, and we thank you again for you, uh, us being your people. May you see the glory in every word that we utter, every deed that we do, from this day and forevermore. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.